Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now, here's your host, E.W. Jackson. Welcome to another edition of Truth and Liberty. It is an honor for me to be your guest host tonight. Uh, and thank you all for joining in. We've got a great program planned for you tonight. And I hope you'll stick around to see the whole thing. In fact, I've got a very, very, very special guest coming up tonight. And you'll see why I say very, very, very special when you, when you find out who that guest is. I'll hold you in just a little bit of suspense. Let me get a couple of housekeeping matters out of the way. I want you all to know if you live anywhere in the Virginia area, which is where I'm based, particularly Northern Virginia, I'm not based or live in Northern Virginia, but I'll be preaching at Cornerstone Chapel this coming Sunday, February 25th, uh, three services, I believe 8.30, 10, 15, I think at 11.30, uh, but three services there at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. So if you're anywhere in the area, come on out with me and Pastor Gary Hamrick. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. Now, for those of you who are just being introduced to me, um, it is my honor to be a partner with Andrew Womack Ministries and, and uh, a friend and supporter of his and, and all that he is seeking to do through Karis. I've had the privilege of doing some teaching at Karis and, and appearing at his conferences. Uh, I actually am CEO, president and CEO of an organization called STAND, Staying True to America's National Destiny. And the mission of that organization is to bring Americans, particularly Christians, together across racial and cultural lines to uphold our Judeo-Christian values and principles. Uh, and we have a number of different programs and projects that we do. I'll just give you the highlights of a couple of the latest projects we're working on. One is called America's Forgotten Children, where we actually are keeping track of and seeking to address the issue of innocent children being murdered in the streets of our cities uh, in record numbers since the defund the police, dismantle the police movement began. It is a tragedy of unimaginable proportions. And so all the touted Black Lives Matter nonsense that we heard was just that. They don't care about Black lives or any lives. What they care about is power. What they care about is manipulating and dividing people. And innocent children are now left murdered in the wake of this. And Stan is trying to address that. In fact, we've got a documentary coming out uh, by Prager University on this project. It'll be coming out sometime. We're expecting it sometime in April. You can go to the website, americasforgottenchildren.com, no apostrophe in Americas, just americasforgottenchildren.com, and check it out. We've got a gallery of forgotten children, which all of those children's names, when they were murdered, are all there. And, uh, and sadly, it's a growing number. We are up around 600 innocent children. We don't include gangbangers. Uh, we don't include uh, circumstances that are in any way questionable. These are innocent children. I believe the youngest is one month old. Uh, this began, by the way, in, uh, I believe it was in Kansas City, Missouri, with legend Talia Farrell, four years old, who was sleeping in his bed when shots rang out penetrated the walls of his home and killed the poor child dead right here in the Richmond area 
a mother and her three-month-old daughter sitting out uh, on the stoop on a nice spring day when some thugs, and yes, they are thugs, decided that they were going to have uh, a, a conflagration between themselves and both mother and innocent three-year-old child were both murdered. Uh, and, and I could go on, but obviously 600. You go to the website, you'll see this, and you'll also see how we're trying to address this, which brings me to the second initiative, which is called the Family Restoration Project. The real root cause of all this violence is not racism, and it's not discrimination, and it's not poverty. The real problem is the broken family. And families have been destroyed in America since the 1960s, and the most acute impact of that destruction is in the black community. Uh, in 1950, uh, only about 5% of black children were born out of wedlock. It had gotten up to about 13%, I believe, by 1960, and then jumped to 25% in 1965, I think primarily because of urbanization. But from 1965 on, the decline has been precipitous. And now, depending on where you are, but on average, about 75% of black children are born out of wedlock. And it is a tragedy for those children because they're being raised in the streets, they're being matriculated by gangs, they're being taught to use drugs and to, and to build themselves up. They're being taught a perverse view of what manhood is. Manhood is not about taking responsibility for your own life. Manhood is not about doing something productive, something creative, something that will contribute and help make the lives of, of others better as well as yourself. No, manhood is about killing people, hurting people, harming people, uh, jacking people. And it's, it's very perverse and it's very demonic. And you don't have any leaders out there who are the so-called civil rights leaders or the so-called black leaders in these communities who are actually telling the truth and actually trying to make life better. What they're doing is trying to exploit that and say, well, it's all racism and there's nothing we can do about it because it's all, it's all based on racism. And it's not. Uh, you all know my story. I've told it here. But I was in foster care. By the time I was 10 years old, I was a member of a gang. I was committing petty crimes. I was a school truant. What got me out of the situation was not some racial savior. What got me out of the situation was my dad, who came and took me out of foster care, laid down the law, and gave me a different vision for my life, which changed the trajectory of my life, literally, folks, overnight. Overnight. And I don't mean that. I'm not exaggerating. He took me to live with him, and I believe it was a Tuesday. And by Wednesday, when I got up that Wednesday, no more gangs, no more hanging in the streets, uh, no more committing petty crimes, no more staying out of school. All of that was over. And I went from being an F student in fifth grade to an A student in sixth grade. And, and as they say, the rest is history. And I give God the glory for his grace and mercy in my life and my father the credit for having been a wonderful father who really taught me what I needed to know. And these young guys out there who are com committing murder and, and mayhem, they're not being taught that by anybody. Who's gonna do it for them? The government? No. So we've gotta restore the family. So the Family Restoration Project is our development of a curriculum that we can use in churches and communities to start teaching young people what it means to be a good father, a good mother, uh, to what it means to build a good family, what it takes to do that. Somebody's got to tackle that. And frankly, it's difficult. It's hard. And nobody really wants to address it. It's just so much easier to point the finger, say, it's racism. And 
walk away. What are we going to do about it? Oh, well, we need another government program. And the situation has gotten worse and worse. So those are two projects we're working on. Here's the latest one. It's called the Save America Project. Um, and we are focused on critical issues that we want to bring back to the forefront of our nation, back to the central cultural influences of our nation, faith, faith in the God of the Bible upon which this nation was built. It wasn't built on slavery and it wasn't built on white supremacy and it wasn't built on racism. America was built on faith in God and America has prospered because of the grace of Almighty God. You know, we quote the scripture that says, righteousness exalts a nation, sin is a reproach to any people. So, well, if America's really the horrible nation that so many paint it to be, then that scripture is a lie. Well, it's not a lie, it's the truth. America has been exalted because of the righteousness that so many have sought to, to adhere to. And because of faith in God, Psalm 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We've been blessed because of that reason. You know, we haven't been perfect, just like you're not perfect, I'm not perfect, but the grace and the blessing and the mercy of God is on our lives because he knows that we love him and we want to please him. And the people who came to this nation covenanted with one another and with God Almighty to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ and to build a shining city on a hill. I know we've fallen short in all kinds of ways, but you've fallen short, I've fallen short, but God's grace and mercy toward us never ends because he knows that our desire is to serve him and to please him. And I really believe that's the key to America's success, not some of these other bizarre explanations that people come up with that come up with simply to serve their own political interests. That, that's all. If you haven't read my book yet, Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves, I hope you'll check it out. Um, you can get it. Uh, it's at the Andrew Womack uh, bookstore. We've got some copies there, but it's also wherever books are sold. And you can get it at a 15% discount at my publisher's website, faithfultext.com, faithfultext.com. Or you can get it through me. Now, here's the last housekeeping matter, and then I want to jump into some issues. Uh, as president of, of uh, Stand America, uh, we need your prayers. We need your support. Go to our website, standamerica.us, standamerica.us. Now, Stand America, Stand, that is, is a 501c3 organization. Contributions are tax deductible. And, and my book, Sweet Land of Liberty, I'm making available to anyone who signs up as what we call a patriot partner with a gift of $25 or more a month uh, to our organization. I will send you a free signed and numbered copy of my book, uh, and it will be personalized to you. So help us, pray for us, support us. We are partners with Andrew Womack Ministries. We are partners with Truth and Liberty uh, because we really believe that None of us can do it alone. We've got to work together, support one another, encourage one another, bless one another, love one another, share with one another. That's the spirit of Andrew Womack Ministries. That's why I love Andrew and love this ministry because they're so selfless and so desirous of seeing others prosper and seeing others achieve what God has for them to achieve in life. So I hope that you will join with us at standamerica.us. Okay. Those things out of the way. Oh, by the way, I am a pastor too. Pastor, oh my, my goodness, my church members say, Bishop, you didn't even mention the church. I am a pastor. I'm the pastor of the Call Church, 
We're at 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake, Virginia, and I'm there every Sunday, most of the time, at 11 a.m. Won't be there this Sunday <laughs> because I'll be at Cornerstone Chapel this Sunday with my good friend Gary Hamrick. I do go away from time to time, but 90% of the time, maybe even more, I'm at my home church. And go by anyway because there's going to be a great preacher preaching this coming Sunday. Uh, 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 a, a, a Navy chaplain is going to be preaching, who's a member of our church, Philip Stevens. Go check it out because you will not be disappointed, let me assure you. He is my son of the ministry, and God is using him in magnificent ways. Okay, I want to talk to you today about something that God has been putting on my heart. I, I mean, really, you know, there are times in life when God just really begins to impress something on you, and man, it just, it hits you. Andrew talks about those moments in his life when God has just done something. And I, I, I may be dealing with one of those moments right now. God has been talking to me about the importance of wisdom, of praying for wisdom, of seeking wisdom through his word. You know, <clears throat> wisdom is not simply knowing what the word says. You met people who can quote the Bible and they live like dogs. Uh, wisdom is not knowing what the Bible says. Wisdom is not even knowing what the, what the, what the uh, particular verse or passage or uh, what much of the Bible means. Wisdom is the ability to take what it says and what it means and to apply it in your life. That's when you are wise. I really believe that that's what the scripture is getting at when it says with all you're getting, get understanding because understanding is understanding how to take what you know and actually put it to work in your life. You all know that I practiced law for many years. I've been away from the practice of law for as long as I practice now, but when I graduated from law school and passed the bar exam uh, and began to practice law, a strange thing happened. I realized the difference between knowing the theory that I was taught in law school and actually applying it in courtrooms, in contracts, uh, in the various activities I had to engage in as an attorney. And it was entirely, it, it came alive for me. I understood things that I only understood conceptually before. Now they were real. That's what wisdom is like. It's going from conception to application. It's going from envisioning to acting out what you envision. And I want to encourage you to double down on seeking the wisdom of God. You know, the Bible says that Solomon asked God for wisdom, and because he asked him for wisdom, he gave him riches and, and power and, and honor and long life. I mean, he just blessed him many times over. God, God was actually impressed that Solomon wanted wisdom. I, I really believe that God is impressing upon us the importance of seeking his wisdom. I've said many, many uh, times over the years, uh, this is a good practice for all people, but particularly men, because, of course, the, 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 the book of Proverbs is, is the wisdom of God from father to son. And I've encouraged men to read a proverb every day 
And I've done that over the years. Uh, and it has really blessed me. But God has really been impressing upon me that it's not enough to just read the, the, the Proverbs, but you've got to meditate in them. You've got to imbibe them. You've got to really drink them in which means maybe not reading just one proverb a day, but maybe reading that proverb multiple times over and over and over again to really get the meat out of it, to get what God is saying to us. And, you know, I, of course, when God does something with you, he's, he's got a purpose. He knows what he's doing. He's, he, God is never flailing around, just throwing things out as they come. Uh, God is purposeful. He is the most purposeful being there is. He is purpose itself. And I began to say, you know, why, what is God, why is God dealing with me on this at this moment? And I think there are multiple reasons, but let me give you the one that, that I think is most relevant for us right now. Because we are living at a time perhaps more than any other time, particularly for us as Americans, but this is true for all of you watching, no matter where you are in the world, when wisdom is under the most vicious assault and attack perhaps it's ever been under, where people want to substitute their own understanding. You know, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Uh, Woe to those who put Evil for good and good for evil, darkness for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe for, to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And oh, that is where we are. We're in a world now in which people are en masse substituting wisdom that they have concocted out of the darkness of their own perverse minds and they have elevated that above the word of God. In fact, they have used that to suggest that the word of God is completely and totally irrelevant or even worse, is a lie. And what they are propounding is the truth. Now, let me put this into a context that we'll get into later. I really believe that we are living in the middle of a worldwide cult. Now, that may strike your thinking. You may think, well, that seems a bit extreme. But I want you to think about it this way. When the Antichrist or the beast rules over the earth, what is that going to be? That is going to be a worldwide cult. And that's not going to happen overnight. There's going to be a process that leads the world there. And I believe that process has already begun. You, you have a, a worldwide consensus about some of the most immoral and perverse and, and, and abominable things that one could ever imagine. It's unlike anything we've ever really seen before. There is a kind of consensus of depravity that has gripped the world. Uh, I was watching a, a news story about a young lady who um, had been a, 
essentially abused by her own teacher who was texting her profane and, uh, and uh, uh, sexually explicit things while in the classroom and actually acknowledged it. Well, the girl, of course, very upset, reported this to her mother, and her mother went to the school board, or the mother went to the principal, and they said, that they said well, it, it, it's, it's, it's inappropriate and unprofessional, but it's not that big a deal, and we're not going to fire the teacher or anything. We'll just, we'll just give him a reprimand so it doesn't happen again. A grown teacher doing these things to a, a child, I think she was at that point 13, 14 years old, saying these explicit, filthy things to a child. Well, it's just, it's unprofessional. Well, well, what is that all about? It's about the cult of depravity, all in agreement. Uh, what's the big deal? It's a very big deal when you, <clears throat> when you examine that behavior against God's word. It's a very big deal. Well, we are in the precursors, if you will, of the development of this cult. Now, let me just tell you what, what, what I mean by this, and you can apply this to killing of unborn babies, to gender confusion, to homosexuality, to, to any number of things that we see going on in the world right now. A cult, as I would define it, is a spiritually motivated conglomeration of people that deny reality as we know it to be, that deny rationality, in other words, they deny reason, that they separate themselves from anyone who disagrees with them and basically label those people as enemies and require all of their adherents to do so as well. Now, you Christians are Christian nationalists. You're Nazis. You're, you're terrible people because we adhere to the word of God. And then fourth, it is self-destructive and destructive of others. Many of you remember, because my generation uh, probably would if you were paying attention to it, how Jehovah's Witnesses, um, even today, believe that to allow a person to have a blood transfusion uh, consigns that person to eternal separation from God, however they define that. And so many children of Jehovah's Witnesses died because their parents would not allow them to have blood transfusions until, in most cases, the law stepped in and put a stop to that. So think about that. They were denying reality. They were denying rationality. These were life-saving treatments that the children needed, but they thought somehow this physical treatment was going to condemn the, the, the child to, to eternal separation from God. Anyone who disagreed was an enemy. How dare you suggest that we ought to save the life of our child? As self-destructive and destructive of others, children actually died. You can say the same thing right now about all this gender confusion and wanting to inject children with hormones and wanting to operate and and, and cut off their body parts and, 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 and brainwash them into, into this, this weird construct. Oh, you were born in the wrong body. What does that even mean? That is completely irrational and a complete denial of reality. 
Same thing is true with the killing of unborn babies. Oh, well, it's not a life. That's not a human being. Well, well then, then what is it? I mean, it's what you, you were, it's what I was, it's what we all were. We all developed the same way. We were conceived in our mother's wombs and we developed, but it was always us. The genetic blueprint was always there. But no, 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 no. It's not life. It's not a person. It's not a human being. And therefore, killing it is an irrelevancy. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's denying reality. It's completely irrational. And of course, anybody who opposes killing an unborn baby, you are a hater of women and you are denying them their reproductive rights, you monster, you. You're the enemy. We got to stop you. And what is it? Self-destructive and destructive of others. And we know that from the data that tells us all of this touted support for the killing of unborn babies has a terrible impact on the women who are hoodwinked into believing that somehow this is a solution to their problems. A cult requires that people believe what is not true, worship what is not God, and do what is evil and call it good. We are living in a worldwide cult. And the only repository of truth within the cult is the body of Christ. We are it. We're not the extremists. We are the bellwether. We are the plumb line. We are the arbiters of true sanity and rationality. And we have got to have the wisdom of God to how, on how to respond to this. Because it is so deep and so wide and so profound. Uh, I, I think part of what God is saying to me is, you are living in such an age of foolishness that it requires you to double down on wisdom. You know, the world says in the midst of all this, well, if you dare criticize any of these ideas I've just kind of shared with you, you're not a good person. But what's the wisdom of God say? Well, you're not being nice. What's the wisdom of God say? You're not being loving. If you're really loving, you won't bring these things up. You won't say these things. What's the wisdom of God say? I keep thinking about how God dealt with, uh, through Jesus Christ, dealt with the scribes and Pharisees who was misleading the people. And Jesus called them blind guides and said, how can any of you escape damnation? Called them whitewashed sepulchers. Told them they were they were they were were on their way to hell in effect, because they thought they could see and they couldn't. He said, I, "If you if you admitted you were blind, I could help you see." He said, "But because you say you see, your sin remains." Not always what you would call nice, going in and whipping people out of the temple, but he was right. And it was always rooted and grounded in love for other people because 
Sometimes you have got to boldly and forthrightly tell people the truth in order to save their lives. You don't see somebody about to step out in front of a, of a runaway bus and say, I don't want to offend you, but may I please get your attention? No, you scream at them because you love them enough to drop all decorum in order to get their attention and hope that they will get out of the way of destruction. Well, I'm going to be talking to somebody about part of this in a few seconds. Stand by. You're with Truth and Liberty. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. Well, with that groundwork laid, I said I've got a very, very, very special guest with me tonight. Uh, and that guest is none other than my own son, Earl W. Jackson, Jr. Well, son, welcome to Truth and Liberty. I appreciate you taking time to be with your dad tonight. <laughs> well, I'm very glad to be here, Dad. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, folks, let me just say, and Earl, you know this, um, just like all of us, like most of us, uh, I, I am always amazed by Andrew's testimony because Andrew was raised in a very strict Christian home. I was not. And so I did my full share of running in the opposite direction. So did my son. And my wife used to say to me, but you know what? He's, he's, he's going to be a man of God. He's going to be in ministry. He's gonna... And I would say, well, you know, with God, all things are possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But my wife, she would never relent on that. And I, I just bless her for it. And son, who, who would have thought even just a few years ago that you and I would be together on Truth and Liberty, Andrew Womack Ministries, Truth and Liberty, talking about the Lord and talking about the things of God. But, who, but here we are. God truly is capable of doing all things, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> all things, because... I would have told anybody who said that even a few years ago that they were nuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, listen, son, I want to talk to you about uh, your testimony. I just shared a little bit with, um, with people that, you know, you, you spent some time running away as, as almost all of us did. 
Talk a little bit about, about your transformation over the last two or three years and, and how you came into a, a full walk with God. Just, we've got some time to talk. Tell that story. Well, a, a, lot of, a lot of it has to do with the, my, my illness. But even before that, uh, my wife and I started going back to church and we, um, we had some friends who were like-minded and they were Christians. And so we went to their church and it was as I was attend we were attending that church um, during the whole COVID nonsense that I, that I got sick and the complications from that really, really made me, made me see what, what I was missing. And um, especially after I asked for healing and, and got healed miraculously. Um, and so that once that happened, there was, there was no stopping me at that point. Now, now Earl, you, you got healed miraculously. Um, the doctors had all kinds of dire predictions uh, about about your future, and here you are healthy. Talk, tell tell us a little bit about what they were telling you versus what God actually did for you. Well, I had one doctor say that it was likely that I was going to die, and if I did survive, um, I would be operating with fifty percent or or somewhere thereabouts lung capacity. I would be on supplemental oxygen for the rest of my life. I would be physically weak and and I would just have a basically a miserable existence and um as we as we can see by the grace of God <laughs> here I am fully healed and and um and strong and 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 ready to ready to to go for it Amen. Amen. Well, son, I'm, I'm proud of you and I'm grateful to God for what he's done in your life. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And I, I hope that everybody watching right now who maybe, maybe has a child that is not serving God and you're, you're profoundly concerned, uh, just, just stay in prayer. Um, keep loving that child. Keep blessing that child. Don't be afraid to take a stand for what you know is right. But maintain that relationship and just believe God because God has done a mighty work in my son. So you and your wife now, really, you, you're, you're active in your church and you've just started uh, businesses. In fact, both of you have left uh, your, your full-time jobs and you've started uh, two companies, really. And so tell us about the companies that you started. Okay. Before we get into that, I do want to expand on what you just said because my wife and I were in... Um, at our, our life group meeting in church. And um, one of the one of the members was talking about his son and how um, he grew up, they grew up in church and but he left and and he ran away. But he's been asking him questions and he's only 25 or 30 years old or something like that. And so I said it, it took me a lot longer than that, but I told him that he he just needed to to keep the faith and and keep praying because if he's asking questions this soon, it won't be long. Amen. But Amen, um, son. but in terms of the businesses that we started, um, Carrie Girl, the the business that my wife started a number of years ago, um, started off just as a women's empowerment thing and evolved with our faith into. Um, 
it still it still has the, the women's empowerment, but it's all faith based now. And so um, the direction that the that the business went has been a a, a real blessing to um, to a lot of people. We thought we might lose some some customers, but it turns out that that the firearms and women's empowerment, a lot of the people who were following her for that also um, were were believers. And so it was just a natural progression. And then when um when I left my full-time job as I was I was supporting the business and and things like that. And as it got to the point where I needed to to step away from the technology side of things, um this this all happened as I was as I was coming to to know God and and we decided that Carrie Girl needed a, a companion men's line and we named it Seven Armors for the uh the full armor of God. And Amen. and now that we're 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 both stepping out on faith and 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 believing God for for great things to to come from from Carrie Girl and Seven Armors. So they're really not just businesses, they're really ministries now because your wife is ministering to other women, Seven Armors, uh, you through that, you have already begun to minister to men. Uh, you've developed a concept called Mission Ready Men, for example. Yes. Um, and we've talked about where, so where, where, where do you think the Lord is, is leading you with that? What's, what's that all about? Well, Mission Ready Men, I'd always known, I guess, because of my conservative, um, my conservative values, even before, um, before being, becoming a Christian again. Um, I always knew that men were, were being attacked on, on all sides, really from, um, being taken out of, out of homes, abandoning their children and being encouraged to, to abandon their children and things of that nature. Um, but then as I, as I became a Christian and got more into the word of God and I saw it from that perspective and realized that men need to need to step up in terms of faith, in terms of leading their families, staying with the families that they, that they create. And knowing that if that happens, if we can, if we can somehow get men to do that, to, to get back to that, that that would solve a multitude of problems that this oh, country God. faces, especially oh, in terms of gang violence and, and, and these fatherless kids out here committing all these horrific crimes from the petty crimes all the way up to murder, just like what we're seeing with uh, the Forgotten Children Project. So men, um, men need something that, that need, need a place where they can go to, to get fulfilled from the word of God and, and, and find out exactly what they need to do and then get together with, with a group of like-minded men to, to, to make that happen. And, um, and I foresee, I foresee big things. I foresee you and me talking in front of a, a large crowd of, of men and encouraging them Amen. and, 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 um, ministering them in the word of God. Uh, tell people or where, how to get in touch with Carrie girl, find out more about it and, and with seven armors as well. Um, we're on all the socials, uh, Carrie girl. Carrygirl.com is the website, and I believe um, 
Instagram, Facebook, all the socials is Carry Girl Gear. And there are some backup pages for, for us as well. But the website is, is sevenarmors.com. And you can get more information at, uh, for Mission Ready Men at sevenarmors.com slash Mission Ready Men. And uh, also on, on Facebook, Seven Armors on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and X, I guess. <laughs> and um, and we're just trying to, to, right now, just encourage. We, we did just get started, but we're trying to, to lay the groundwork and, and, and encourage men to to uh, to get back into the word of God, to lead their families back to God, because like I said, that will solve a lot of problems that we're facing in this country right now. Now, Seven Armor is, is with a seven too, right? Not with the spelled out yes, word, but with the yes, number seven. I, I, I do tend to forget that. It is the number seven armors.com. Uh, folks, we're going to be taking phone calls, and so we want to let you know the number is 719-619-2341. That's 719-619-2341. Earl, I was talking earlier uh, in my opening monologue about the sort of cult-like atmosphere that we are in, where people believe things that are not true. Uh, they make enemies into, of anybody who won't adhere to their warped view of the world. Um, and so we've got a lot of attacks on Christians, particularly because we're the ones who stand against this unreality and irrational and really ungodly view of the world. One of the things that, that is often said about us, for example, I mean, you're, you are, your wife actually has done training for women in firearms uh, handling firearms and, 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 and self-protection and so forth. And there are a lot of people who would attack us as Christians and say, you're supposed to be Christians. You have no business being concerned about firearms. We need more gun control, this, that, and the other. Um, and I'm sure you've probably given that a lot of thought as I have, but give us your take as someone who is, is, uh, not just a firearms enthusiast, but you've been in law enforcement. Um, how does that fit with with being a Christian from your perspective? Well, first and foremost, as, as a Christian man, my responsibility is to protect my family, protect the people that I feel some sort of responsibility for. And if that, the best way to do that in, in most cases is with a firearm. And I've had people tell me that you're a coward if you, if you, rely on guns and and if you need a gun or if you use a gun if you if you um if you support using violence using guns to 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 protect yourself then you're not um you have a warped view uh, a warped understanding of of the bible and the word of god and i i wholeheartedly reject that notion because like i said my responsibility is to to protect the people i love and the most effective way to do that is with a firearm, and that's that. That's how I choose to handle it. Um, we just had—I don't know if you saw this—but we just in Senator Ed Markey from Massachusetts just introduced a bill in the Senate to to um, I can't remember the exact name of the bill, but basically what it does is take away the ability of churches to have armed security mm -hmm. personnel, and. To me, the only the only reason for that is because they want churches vulnerable. And and we just we just cannot have that.
especially well, and this was just him. on the heels of of the shooting of it at the church in Lakewood, Texas. They want everybody vulnerable, and uh, they, they, they really they, do. They really yeah, do. They really do. They want they want to disarm the nation. Uh, and look, I've often used you you would remember, and maybe some of the viewers remember. Dukakis was fam famously asked, you know, what would you do if someone were to murder your wife? And he gave this kind of in esoteric, intellectual, well, you know, we have to look at... And people <laughs> thinking, what, what, what is wrong with you? I mean, you have I a responsibility. To, right. And, and, of course, I think it helped to lose in the election. But if someone were to try to hurt your mother, and I have the ability to harm that person to prevent them, I would be unchristian to abdicate that responsibility and say, well, Lord, I, I can't do anything. I'm a Christian, Lord. I'm Because people think Christians are supposed to be pacifists, but God didn't call us to be pacifists. Uh, in fact, the, when Jesus tells the, his disciples when he's about to depart, he said, well, now, if you don't have any swords, go out and buy one. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. why would he tell people to buy a sword? Because he knew that they would have to protect and defend themselves on the dangerous roads that they would be traveling to take the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're right, a, a firearm is our sword today. We know that the ultimate protection we have is Almighty God. We know that. But there are faith without works is dead. And, and to me, it is foolishness to think if you are put at risk or your family's put at risk, that you're supposed to somehow say, well, it would be wrong for me to defend myself or to defend my family. I mean, that, that again, that's a cult-like mindset trying to impose itself on Christians and define for us who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed mm -hmm. to be like. Uh, so I, I agree with you, son, and I just commend you all for, for doing it and really for reaching the Christian community with this message. I, I was being interviewed by Brian Kilmeade, Years ago, after there was a terrible shooting in a church, and, and he asked me what did I think should happen, and I said, I think the churches ought to arm themselves. And he was shocked. <laughs> he couldn't believe I said that. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like, are you actually saying that? Well, well, of course, because if you don't, you become a target for every crazy who decides, well, I'm going to go kill some Christians. I'm going to go kill, you know, husbands and, 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 and wives and children. And uh, what else is the church supposed to do but arm itself to yeah. protect itself? Well, what's the alternatives? Yeah. Uh, well, look, you know what? We've got a question uh, on the line. Um, folks, the number is We've got Jody from Colorado. Jody, welcome to Truth and Liberty. Hi, Bishop. How are you? Blessed, Jody. How are you? You are blessed because your boy came home. So Amen. I just wanted to say thank you, Earl. God bless you because you made your daddy so happy and you give <laughs> this mama hope that my boy's going to come home. So Amen. it's you wonderful will. to see the two of y'all together. Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. Amen. So God thank, bless thank you both. You. Just wanted to God say bless. hello, Bishop. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Earl. Uh, Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. You too. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Uh, folks, the number is 719-619-2341. Um, so, so, yeah, we have a responsibility to defend ourselves. And by the way, let's, let's talk for a little bit, Earl, about women in this regard, because women are really the most vulnerable among us and are very easy targets, aren't they? 
they are and and not only i i think are are men being attacked but but women as well i mean when you look at the way they're they're pushing the uh the trans agenda i hate even calling it that it's delusion but um the way they're pushing it and they're this we're seeing girls get hurt because they're allowing boys on uh, on their athletic teams a basketball player just hurt three girls in one game and they had to forfeit the game winning winning championships taking these taking these um opportunities away from from girls and 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 women as well there there are differences between men and women and they just refuse to acknowledge that and the differences are that men on average with very few exceptions are bigger stronger faster and and the equalizer is a firearm and so women women need to be need to be aware of their surroundings and and train so that they can defend themselves if if the need should arise and like i said before the the most effective means of defending yourself these days is a firearm well, every time there's some terrible incident where a person goes in and, and kills or injures uh, a bunch of people and the gun control crowd immediately erupts and says, this is why we need gun control. This is why we need gun control. My first thought is always, my goodness, where are the law-abiding citizens who are armed to fight back? And often when they're there, it changes the whole equation. That's right. I mean, most of these most of these shootings take place in in gun free zones, places where the the government has disallowed the people to to carry firearms. And because it's a gun free zone, and because those signs are plastered all over the place, the predators know exactly where to go. In fact, my understanding is, and you follow this more closely than I do, but my understanding is there are about twenty five hundred incidents documented incidents on average a year of people defending lives because they had a firearm when they came under attack. That's actually a pretty low number. Um, the number, yeah. and, and these are, these are estimates from based on a number of different criteria, but the number is, is anywhere from, I believe, two, 300,000 to, to 2 million. Oh wow! Depending on depending wow. on depending on which which statistic and which which uh, entity is is conducting the, the study, because a lot of times the defensive uh, gun use is not reported because just the fact that 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 gun was was brandished diffused the situation where the cops didn't need to be called, and so it's. Defensive gun use is a real thing, despite what the American Pravda would have us think. Now, Earl, you were doing, a, 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 and you still have it, uh, I think your, your schedule on it has changed because you're doing other things, too, but uh, Liberty Cast, and, and you talked a lot in, in, on Liberty Cast about the importance of liberty. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what totalitarian societies do uh, in order to take full control and really to enslave people and disarming them is one of the things that they do, isn't it? It is. I, I wrote a piece uh, years ago detailing the, num the all the different um, regimes that started their 
conquest by disarming the people and then killing them. I mean, Germany, obviously, with Hitler is, is the big one, but you have um, Idi Amin, you have um, the Armenians. I mean, the, the list goes on. Cambodians, just, you, you name it. All the, all the totalitarian regimes that, that seek to impose their will on people can't do it when the people are armed. And I think that's a big reason why you're seeing such a push for in, in this country from from the left to 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 disarm us and and the 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 bill for to disarm churches is i mean that's just a blatant slap in the face because we know exactly what what the result would be if we allowed that to happen yeah and given the 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 number of incidents just in recent memory of people going into churches i mean Joel Osteen's church was just the most recent one of people going mm -hmm. into churches uh and and seeking to to hurt people to kill people i mean again it defies common sense because and and i know you've talked about this but let's talk about talk uh, about it some more Criminals don't care what the rules are. It, it's it's such a simple concept that the only thing I can think of is that they know and they don't care because they want to use the criminal element as as a as a pseudo army to to get rid of their dissenters. Every time I see, and, and you know, uh, Stan, folks, has an awards dinner every year, and we're planning for our awards dinner coming up, and, and I had a choice whether to do it in Northern Virginia or Washington, D.C., and it looks like we might be forced into Washington, D.C. because of date problems, but, I, but my initial choice was Northern Virginia because Washington, D.C. has become a, a, a just violent and chaotic with these carjackings and these 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 random acts of of violence against people where they're the 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 carjackers sometimes 14 15 16 17 years old and they're not satisfied to just take your car they want to take your life just just for nothing and yet Washington DC is one of the most severe gun control regimes in the country it really is and Despite what the left would have you think, the places where the people are allowed to defend themselves with firearms actually have lower instances of violent crime. The, the old saying, an armed society is a polite society. The criminals don't want to get shot. They just want to do the shooting. And if they think that there's even the slightest chance that somebody that they roll up on is going to be able to defend themselves, they're not going to do it. And D.C. has, for all intents and purposes, outlawed uh, outlawed the carrying of firearms outside the home. So that, that that's what you get. That's what happens. Yeah, as you know, son, you see sometimes it all over I, the country. Sometimes I have to travel with security, and Washington D.C. has been the only place in the country where even my security has to go unarmed, even professional protection people who are licensed, trained, no firearms in D.C. 
But I tell you what, I guess, but the mayor is covered and the politicians in D.C. are covered oh, yeah. by people who are armed to protect them. Absolutely. Between the Capitol Police and the Secret Service, um, they're, they're, well, they're well taken care of. But the, the great unwashed who comes to D.C., they couldn't care less. Cannon fire. Yeah. Their, their hypocrisy knows no bounds. Well, look, we, <laughs> no we, bounds. We, <laughs> we've got some, some callers on the line. Let's see if we can get one question, and if we can't answer it before we go to break, we'll answer it immediately after. Uh, let's see. We've got from Texas. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Hi, this is Sierra, and it's something I've been thinking about for quite a while, I'm a 73-year-old woman, that I'm, and I live alone, and I was just wondering if you think I should have a firearm. I, I've been a prison guard, so I know how to shoot, but it's been a while. I would have to go and uh, refresh, take some, you know, some practices. But what do you think about that? Thank you. Uh, Earl, you can take that one. I absolutely think you should. And... The great thing about Texas is you don't need a license to go buy one. Obviously, uh, you should get get trained and and, and refreshed and, and take classes and things like that. But in order to go buy one, you just have to walk into the store and um, and and pick one out. And I highly recommend you do that. And obviously, Girl. like I said, uh, take some classes and get trained so that you you can handle it safely and and securely knowing that you'll be able to defend yourself. We, we've, got to, we've got to take a break, but your beloved grandfather used to say, better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. <laughs> so <laughs> That's right. Folks, you're, you're watching Truth and Liberty. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. My guest, my son, Earl W. Jackson, Jr. Stand by, folks. We're going to come back with more of your questions and more to talk about here on Truth and Liberty. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love, to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. You're back with Truth and Liberty. Uh, folks, let me remind you of something. You may be, those of you watching may be partners with Andrew Womack Ministries. If you're not, I would certainly encourage you to do so. I am, my wife and I are. But you might or might not be a partner with Truth and Liberty. Uh, Truth and Liberty is really kind of a, a separate silo under Andrew Womack Ministries. 
uh, because it is kind of the, the public policy arm of the ministry, separate from the 501c3. And I would just encourage you to support Truth and Liberty because we desperately need this voice. By the way, my guest tomorrow on the program, I will be guest hosting tomorrow, and my guest is going to be Tim Wildman of American Family Radio and American Family Association, and we're going to be talking about the importance of Christians being able to communicate our message without having to go through the mainstream media, which is only interested in censoring us and, frankly, suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. So, so I would just encourage you to support Truth and Liberty because it is an extremely important voice for righteousness, as I said earlier, in an increasingly cult-like atmosphere that we're living in. All right, I'm your host, E.W. Jackson. My guest today is my own son, Earl W. Jackson, Jr., uh, a man of God whom God is just doing a mighty work in, in him and his wife, his wonderful wife, Bethany. Shout out to you, Bethany. Bethany likes to stay behind the camera, but we know you're there, Bethany, cheering us on. So, uh, folks, the That's number right. is 719-619-619. Is Two three four one. That's seven one nine six one nine two three four one. So, son, we've got another call on the line. We've got Frank from Missouri. Frank, welcome. Hey, it's awesome to have a conversation with you. you know, they told me when I I was going through a, a drug rehab program. Fifty three. I've been free from drugs and alcohol fifty three years, Praise and they God. told me just to hang hang out with uh, these guys that uh, have the anointing. And there's really a powerful anointing that comes off of this broadcast. That's why I get up on it. So you have to forgive Amen. me for, for for talking about me. But uh, uh, no, brother, uh, I, we I, receive it. We receive it. Praise the Lord. I, I, I just want to ask, you know, where's the where's the balance? And uh, you know, Jesus had disciples. He didn't have bodyguards. You know, I've been in the military, so you know, I, I am all for for security and and for right. armed people you know, around the church or whatever. But, you know, uh, but but it also kind of, I don't know, it irks me or it just, I guess it's just that we live in this fallen world, man. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I ain't got, a, I don't have all the answers. But the question is, you know, it's, but having the right question is, is, is good. I think this is the right question. Where is the balance? Uh, uh, between Jesus having disciples, he had disciples. He didn't have any bodyguards. Uh, he he did tell Peter that what you what you mentioned there about the sword, and uh, but uh, yeah, but, but yeah, but okay. when you look at the scripture, wow, go ahead, man. I'm sorry, uh, 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 no, I, I'm always Frank, wanting I, to blow hot. No, Frank, I, I think we get the gist of your question. That's why I brought it up. In fact, I raised that with my son earlier for us to talk about it. Um, so let me just take a quick stab at it, and then, then I want my son to weigh in as well. Uh, think of it this way, okay? You lock your doors at night, but the Bible teaches we have angels with us all the time. Well, is it a, is it a lack of faith to lock your door? Well, of course not, because you know that you have a responsibility, as you said, in a fallen world to do your part to guard that which God has given you, your family, your property, your safety, and your well-being. 
And for me, uh, a firearm or bodyguards, um, they don't call themselves bodyguards in the profession. They call themselves personal protection people. But just, just like, well, if, if I were president of the United States, I'm a man of faith. When I say, well, I don't want the Secret Service around me because I'm a man of faith. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Well, of course not. So the balance is to take the world as you find it, and of course, always understanding that your ultimate safety and security is in Christ Jesus, that you know that. Look, if somebody really wants to hurt you, enough people really want to hurt you, all the bodyguards in the world probably won't stop them, but God can. And so for me, that's the balance, understanding there are things that we must do for ourselves, and then there are things that only God can do for us, and we expect him and have faith in him to step in where those circumstances arise. Son, you, you go ahead. I, I, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, we have to, we have to take our, our, response, our, our responsibilities seriously. And our responsibility is to, to protect the people that we love. And, 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 and like you said, the, the, the blessings that God has given us, we have to be good stewards over them. And, I, I go back to a, 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 a discussion I had with somebody online where they they talked about how it was against God's word to to defend yourself with a firearm or violence of any kind. And I posed the question, so if somebody is attacking you or your family, are you just going to fall on your knees and pray? Or are you going to do something about it and know that that while you're doing something about it, God will will protect you? And of course, I got crickets from that. But you have to you you have to take the like you said, take the world as it is. And the world as it is is fallen and dangerous. And mm -hmm. and we have to we have to be prepared to to protect ourselves. And 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 that that's that's my attitude about it. And that's the attitude that that my church has about it. Um, look again, just to 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 help people sort of think through this. When Hitler began killing Jews and began waging war all over the world, should Christians have said, well, I'm, I'm not going to go fight not against Nazism. I, I, I'm a Christian. I, I, I'm not going to engage in any acts of violence. I think to do so would have been an abdication of your Christian responsibility. Uh, I think to do so would have been a, a failure to be what God expects Christians to be because we are supposed to stand against evil and in the circumstances like that, we have to resist evil with weapons, with violence. Now that's, and, and to me, to look at it any other way is just, is just wrongheaded. But let me add this. Uh, I do travel with security now, but I didn't always. In fact, um, my personal protection people laugh when, when, when my, my assistant and I who traveled together talk about some of the incidents that we had before I had security, and we just laugh about it. We say, well, you know, God just protected us. And they say, he sure did, you know, because we were really kind of behaving foolishly not to realize the potential threat there was. So when I finally started doing it, it was because a, a, a serious threat came in, and we reported it to the FBI, and the FBI investigated it. And, and I can tell you unequivocally that the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to make sure that you have protection with you.
And I mean, I knew that to not do that, even though it's costly, it's a sacrifice, would be disobedient to Almighty God. And I, I am mm -hmm. I am absolutely convinced. And I, I do know how to hear the Lord. And I know, because look, I didn't really want to do it. <laughs> I didn't want to spend the money and it, or any of that. But the Lord impressed upon me, it's part of your responsibility to your own ministry that I've given you and to your own health and well-being. So uh, I think this idea that somehow, you know, using firearms, using protection, and I'm not saying, Frank, that you were saying that, but I'm saying people who believe that, uh, I just think they're, they're, they're really missing what it means to live in a fallen world. But I will say this, in heaven, nobody's going to have any bodyguards <laughs> and nobody <laughs> is going to need any protection. Praise God. <laughs> Praise All God. Right. Well, son, um, tell people again how to get in touch with you. Uh, we, and we'll take another call in a second. But tell people again how to get in touch with you and with Bethany and to, to, to get your products through your businesses and, and follow what you all are doing. Okay. Uh, the website uh, is sevenarmors.com with the number seven. And I think you can see it right here. Yep. There you go. Um, and carrygirl.com is the is the women's line and carry girl gear for on all the socials and seven armors uh on all the socials and uh mission ready men uh you can find that at sevenarmors.com slash mission mission ready men and again it's the seven armors with the number seven i should have had my sweatshirt, my favorite sweatshirt, because it's it's from your line. It says, make men godly again. I love that mm -hmm. sweatshirt. <laughs> uh, and you you all have got some really creative stuff uh, online there. And I, I trust that everybody will, will check it out and make the most of it and support you all because you're doing a work for the Lord, uh, working for yourselves to glorify him. And that's that's what it's ultimately all about. Okay, the number that, is 719. Amen. 719-619-2341. That's 719-619-2341. We've got another caller on the line. Randall from Colorado. Randall, welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you, Bishop, for taking my call. Um, I'm a student at Paris uh, in the PGS school, and we had a, um, great instructor today uh, telling us about the threats of Islam working hand-in-hand -hand with the communists for the last 60-plus years and how they've infiltrated our government and the highest corridors of power. And um, do you think that most pastors are woefully ignorant on these subjects? Well... Randall, thank you so much for the call and uh, thank you for watching. Uh, yes, I think I think most pastors are willfully ignorant on the subject. I, I think they're willfully ignorant on the cult-like atmosphere that is anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-Bible, anti-righteousness uh, that pervades our entire world today. I think they're they're oblivious of it. And they think that somehow they can they can live in a vacuum and and teach their people as if they're living in a vacuum and just focus on spiritual navel gazing, you know, uh, just it's all about me. It's all about how I feel. It's all about whether I'm being blessed. And 
rather than understanding the broader atmosphere that we live in and that we're supposed to be salt and light in a lost and dying world. And, and you can't be salt and light and hide in the salt shaker. And as Jesus said, put the light under a basket. So I, I think most are. Thank God, Andrew Womack Ministries is not. Andrew Womack is not. And there are many pastors. I'm going to be preaching at Gary Hamrick's church on, on uh, Sunday morning. He is not. They're taking the word of God and applying it to the circumstances of the day. Uh, son, I want to come back to you on this, but I'll say one more thing. Most people don't want to tell the truth about these things because they're afraid it will close doors on them. Islam is idolatry. It is a idolatrous religion worshiping a false god. It cannot produce anything but evil. If the evil is simply leading people to hell, thinking that somehow they're doing something good for them. So how can a bad tree bring forth good fruit? It can't. And so how many pastors are willing to say that? Precious few, because they're afraid they'll be called Islamophobic. So, yeah, Randall, we got to pray for the body of Christ and pray for those that remnant that is willing to tell the unadulterated truth to become even more bold and even more committed to it because the world needs it all the more desperately as it gets darker and darker. Son, you face this with your friends and, and, and people that you know who have turned their backs on you when you take a biblical worldview. That's true. That's true. Um, I haven't, I don't know if I've lost friends, but I definitely don't communicate with them the way I used to. <laughs> we'll put it that yeah. way. And on one hand, that's that's okay because I know that um, I, I know that their influence wouldn't be wouldn't be what God would want for me. But I also, every time I every chance I get, try to to talk to them about what I'm doing and what God is doing with me. But um, a lot of them don't want to hear it. <laughs> and yeah, I will I say, I will say that. Um, the pastor at my church and 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 the um, the entire leadership team all apply. That was one of the things that attracted us to this church the most was that they did not shy away from applying the word to what is going on today. And I actually, I think you, I, I think when you came to the baptism, I think the message that day um, was like that. So when when I leave a church and say. I didn't disagree with anything I heard. <laughs> that That is high praise, and that's the way I felt. I felt really good about the message that morning. Well, listen, tell people, because there, there, there'll be people watching maybe in your area who are, are looking for a church. Uh, just tell people what church you go to. It is uh, The Fellowship, uh, and it's on all the socials, um, The Fellowship, and it's The Fellowship. You know what? I'm not sure exactly what the website is. I just go to it. I think it's thefellowship.org. But um, if you just Google the fellowship, you'll see it. Who, who's the and senior pastor? Fact, who's the senior pastor on your campus, Earl? Uh, his name is Ben Fawcett. All right. Well, I'm 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 just thrilled that you all are going to a great church. Uh, they're not easy to find, and so. 
the Lord has led you all to one, and I'm, I'm pleased with it. Of course, you all are, are active and working in the church, too. Listen, before I let you go, I'm going to take the last few minutes to sort of close out the program, but before I let you go, we didn't talk about the fact that you and your wife are dog, dog lovers, and you got three wonderful pets. <laughs> <laughs> That's tell us, right. Tell us about what I, I call them the boys. Tell us about the boys. <laughs> well, we have a German shepherd named Jethro Gibbs, and we have a mixed breed um, named Patrick Henry, and we have a charcoal lab named Doc Holiday, and um, <laughs> and they're all great dogs. One of them is is more. Um, affectionate, I guess you'd say, than the others. <laughs> Mom knows all about Doc. Um, uh -huh. But they're, they're, they're great. Um, they're outside right now. I think you might have heard them barking. I'm not sure if it came through. But, but um, yeah, they're, they're great. Well, son, I want to ask everybody watching right now to, to pray for you and pray for your wife and, and for the ministry that God has given you all and the things that you are Thank doing you. right now. Um, I, I was asking people to do that when you were sick and so many people responded and the Lord really did a, a tremendous work in you. Uh, so just keep up the good work. You, you know, people all over the country were introduced to you with before they knew you, but now they're beginning to see you and know you. Uh, and that that's a blessing to them all because I hear people say, oh, yeah, because I was praying for your son. Oh, I was so glad to meet him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, you, uh, that's, you that's too. That's amazing. Praise Amen. God. It is. It is. So you two keep up the good work, son. Thanks for joining us on Truth and Liberty. And uh, the Lord willing, I'm going to have you back again if that opportunity presents itself. Can't wait. All right. All right. God bless, son. God bless. All right, folks. Well, listen, you got, you got, you got the double dose of Jackson today. Uh, let me say one thing as we, as we prepare to uh, close out the program. Uh, I talked about, I started out talking about the importance of wisdom, uh, the importance of really seeking God for wisdom as the world gets darker and darker and, and people are just unwilling to, to adhere to or accept truth. Uh, and they make enemies out of those who are willing to stand up for truth. We are the enemies. We're the bad people. We're the right-wing extremists. We're the Christian nationalists. We're, you know, homophobic, Islamophobic, transphobic, you, you name it. We're racists. We're anything they can think of to disparage us, to dehumanize us, really, to, to marginalize us, they come up with. There is an increasing rise of anti-Christian bigotry in our world today. And let me quickly add, I really believe that God is raising up people. I really believe, as Andrew does, that there is an awakening happening right now. That we're seeing the seedlings of it, that in response to this, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And with this rising anti-Christian bigotry, there is a Christian fervor and boldness that is arising in many people. I mean, my son is, a, is, a, is another example of this, how God is moving in the lives of people and bringing people to the forefront. 
mean, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, you wouldn't have seen my son because he wasn't interested. He wasn't that. But, but now God has pushed him out front to say, God, heal me. God is working mightily in my life. And so I want to encourage you all um, to be unashamed and uncompromising in defense of the faith. You know, the book of Jude says we're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I believe that that scripture leaps out even more forthrightly to us today, even than it did when it was written 2,000 years ago. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's been true from the moment it was set forth. But today, as we see such hostility, and by the way, as I say this, understand the context. It didn't come as any surprise to Paul that Rome didn't like Christians. It didn't come any surprise to Paul that the Ephesians didn't like Christians. The Philippians didn't like Christians. It didn't come as any surprise to Paul that he came across people who were antithetical to the Christian message when he went to Athens and when he stood on Mars Hill and, you know, everybody's, you know, talking about the unknown God. He said, well, let me tell you about it. <laughs> but here, and I know people from around the world are watching this, but here in the United States of America, a nation that was founded on the principle, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you've heard me speak before about this, you've heard me say the following, and please don't forget this because it's important, that the founding fathers was not simply laying down a political and legal marker for, to justify the revolution and for justify the Declaration of Independence, they were laying down a cultural marker about who and what this country was to be. They were saying, we are a country that believes that our rights and liberties come from Almighty God. We are a country that believes that the government and we as individuals are ultimately accountable to Him. We are a country that believes that righteousness exalts a nation and sin is a reproach to any people. If you go down into uh, the, the Declaration of Independence, before it ends, they say, appealing to the supreme ruler of the universe for the rectitude of our actions. They appeal to Almighty God. We are not seeking to do this apart from him. We are seeking to do this in accordance with his will. They were laying the foundation for who we were to be as a nation. And it went, it, it, they were drawing a direct line from the Mayflower Compact. They were drawing a direct line from the Jamestown Settlement, both of which appealed to Almighty God and dedicated their actions to the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why Harvard was started as a Christian school, no matter what an abomination it's become today, but that's why it was started as a Christian school, because that was the marker that was laid down from the earliest foundations of this nation. 
The Bible says in Psalm 11:3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, the answer is really quite simple. It's not easy, but it's quite simple. Restore the foundations. Strengthen the foundations. Buttress the foundations. Come back to those fundamental principles. The reason why there's so much anti-Christian bigotry and hatred being expressed today, I don't know whether you all caught this, but, but Rob Reiner is saying that the whole notion of God and country is, is a Christian nationalist notion that is contrary to Christianity, as if he would know. He's not a Christian. I mean, I doubt that Rob Reiner would even consider himself to be an observant Jew. So he rejects the scriptures. But yet he's going to lecture us about what it means to be a good Christian and that our love of country is somehow a violation of Christian principle. The fact of the matter is, you live in a home, an apartment, a condo, so do I. We all live in a home, right? I can say I honor and respect and love my home in, a, in that sense because God gave it to me. I don't worship it, but I respect it. I honor it. I try to take care of it because God gave it to me and my wife. God gave us this nation. And it is not some kind of perverse uh, Nazi-like nonsense that they're trying to put on us to be patriotic and to love and to respect and to honor your country as a gift from Almighty God. In fact, to not do that is to disrespect God. If I give you a gift and I were to come visit you and I saw you kicking the gift across your lawn unless it was a ball or something. You know what that would tell me? That would tell me you don't respect me because you don't respect the gift I gave you. Because if someone gives you a gift and you honor that person, you also treasure and honor that gift. I mean, somebody that you love may give you something that you don't, well, that's not really necessarily for me, but you don't stop it. Because it's not just about the gift, it's about who gave it to you. This anti-Christian bigotry that is on the rise in our country uh, has led me to create another program that I didn't mention early on called REACH. Revolt to end anti-Christian hatred. Reach. Revolt to end anti-Christian hatred. Every year, we're going to name the people who we consider to be the worst anti-Christian bigots in the country. And we're going to highlight those instances of anti-Christian bigotry as they happen. And I think Rob Reiner is a candidate for one of the biggest anti-Christian bigots of 2024 because he seems to be on the warpath against Christians. And they have no understanding whatsoever. And by the way, let me, let me just add this. What do we as Christians mean when we say we love our country? 
Well, we don't mean we, we love the, the, the Grand Canyon or we love Mount Rushmore. We mean things, things are wonderful. And I mean, I enjoy them. I've visited, gone to visit them or the, or the, or the uh, Teton uh, Mountains or you name it, the Pacific or the Atlantic Oceans, all beautiful. We mean we love the people and what this country is capable of unleashing in terms of human fulfillment. Wow, man. That is straight off the Holy Ghost presses, folks. We love the people and what this country means in terms of human fulfillment. And by the way, doesn't mean we just love the people who agree with us. We love them all and want the best for everyone. We'll never be given credit for it for those who have already dubbed themselves our enemies and already tried to marginalize us and criticize us and, and, uh, and, and hate on us. We, we, they're never going to be convinced until the love of God is shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. They have a, a revelation of what it truly means to love. But we do love them. We love the homosexual. We love the gender-confused individual. We love the person who is killing unborn babies as much as we abhor what they're doing. We love them. And we want God's best for them. But we've got to stand up against the anti-Christian bigotry and hatred that threatens to destroy the foundation of this nation because that indeed Christianity is indeed this nation's foundation. This nation was founded as a culturally Christian nation. And don't let anybody take that away from us because that is the truth. And therein lies the key to our future. God bless each and every one of you. Look, stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.